Vincent the Dude. Hey, good Wednesday afternoon from the heart of Freight Alley, my hey, friends. Today's a, today's, today's a fun day, and we have a guest that's already riding along in the cab, so oh. we're going to get right to things. First, we've got to tip the band. We'll jump right into it, and uh, your hat may be tipping off who that guest it is. It could be. Who knows? I noticed that unmistakable C on yeah, there, my absolutely. friend. Let's yeah, get to absolutely. it. Who do we got to tip here today? It is uh, looking for your new adventure. Take the next step on your career journey with AIT Worldwide Logistics. When you join their growing team, you'll collaborate with expert colleagues around the world to create innovative solutions Backed by world-class customer service. If you're ready to push the supply chain envelope, your next adventure is waiting. Visit the career section on Tell Em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today after the show, though. All right, let's jump on the freeway right now with Grant Goodell. He's a founder and CXO over at Convoy, and he is taking an immersive experience over to Matt's, taking a truck all the way there. Grant, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. I, I, I saw you setting up, and I noticed that you're not alone. you got a few people with you. What are you doing over here, dude? <laughs> That's right. No, I'm here with Mike and Don Owens. Let me see if I can turn this so I can say hi. There we go. Say hi. Hey, gang. <laughs> so so Grant, they're uh, graciously inviting me into their cab, and uh, we're on our way to Louisville. Well, tell, tell us a little bit about this, this whole concept and this whole project that you started here. Why are you in the cab right now riding along to Mets? Yeah, so obviously things have been really weird for the last couple of years, and uh, I wanted to see firsthand how our carriers, our truck drivers, are holding up, what their experiences are, what you know, what what's difficult, you know, what's working, and uh, sort of experience for myself firsthand what the problems are and how we can help solve them. And so uh, I've been on the road since Monday with three different carriers. Started out in San Antonio, and I'm just now uh, here in Kentucky and making my way over to Louisville. And uh, I'll tell you, it's been a wild ride. We have had amazing experiences. I've seen accidents and weather, and I've watched these great drivers make their way through it all with skill, and uh, it's, it's really inspiring. How are you keeping yourself entertained down, down the road? You getting a lot of uh, pull-downs from the kids out there, a little truck horn action? Not as many pull-downs as I was hoping from, uh, from the kids. We've definitely had a couple, so that was great. Um, but uh, we got stuck on I-40, and I bet a bunch of your listeners probably were too. Um, yesterday in a bunch of accidents and uh, I got to meet a bunch of dogs in other trucks as we were crawling our way through. So it's been kind of a dog-filled trip, which was not expected. That's very, very cool. What's the, what's the most surprising thing that you've learned so far on your trip? So I think the thing that's most surprising to me is the, the degree of energy and skill that these drivers are having to put into their job every minute they're behind the wheel mm. and how difficult the four wheelers on the road make that job. <laughs> like it is a little bit terrifying to be up here and see the traffic sort of obliviously making its way around and through these mammoth vehicles without really thinking about the physics behind what it takes to stop one if something goes wrong. So I'm hoping the drivers out there, uh, if you're listening, like give them more space. They deserve it. Well, Grant, we have some clips from your journey so far. If we can roll those, tell us a little bit about what you've been through so far. Yeah, sure. So uh, let me see if I can make out which clip this is. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is me meeting up with Jacinda. Uh, she's on social and Jacinda Lady Trucking. And uh, we met up in Plano and we've been on the road uh, for about 14 hours yesterday. Um, and this was I-40 and we saw it all. I'll tell you, it was a, it was a crazy ride. Um, and uh, we talked a lot about her life on the road. She's a third generation woman trucker. Uh, she has uh, her dog, Miles, that she travels everywhere with. And this is a passion for her. It's a lifestyle. She loves it. And she's out there on the social media sort of sharing her message with the world and uh, helping people understand exactly what it is truck drivers are uh, going through out there every day. Wow. So you, do you think now that you've ridden along with a dog and you met all those dogs in traffic, do you think it's imperative that carriers allow drivers to have dogs in the cab? I think it's a huge help. Um, I, you know, I know there are challenges involved in having a pet with you on the road, but and you know mike and don here ride together oh yeah grant mm. you're breaking up a little bit here maybe they can throw you on yeah. a phoner and we'll get a little bit better uh yeah. signal oh. on grant guys in the back keep me keep me abreast of that what's going uh throw those clips though we, we i still want to see these clips yeah, 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 yeah. keep keep these things oh, these rolling so here's stop it out to a, a little pre-check right inspection before yeah. they get on the road grant is and uh yeah there's jay cinda over there great time uh guys in the back uh do we have grant's audio back uh 
In the meantime, Michael Vincent and I are going to talk amongst ourselves. Now, have you done one of these ride-alongs before, Michael Vincent? Uh, not, a, not, not at length like that, no. Uh, like across the state of Ohio, that type of stuff when I was uh, first starting out, but not, not a, a cross-country type of thing like that. You know, we had all these important questions here, too, so I hope they can get them back. We had the best roller dog. We had a no yeah. used a truck stop shower, right? Yeah, is he going the full experience, doing a truck shop, uh, truck shower, uh, shower, all that type of stuff? And uh, I think it was interesting that he said it, it was surprised him at how bad it is and how scary it is driving around four-wheelers. <laughs> right? My, wait, my sign says Grant ready. Is Grant, so is Grant ready? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Update that one up and let us know who is up next then. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, the other one I want to ask, them, though, is how are you going to apply what you, what you learned yeah. from this trip at Convoy? Yeah, exactly. Other than, hey, driving safer as a, as a, uh, in your own, your own vehicle around these trucks to give them a little bit of a break. Yeah, of course. And driving on the road, you can always get a, a spotty signal. But um, yeah. hopefully they can bring it back. In the meantime, I think that we have Jonathan Wildman, Vice President of Sales over at Acutive Solutions in the bullpen. So why don't we bring him out and have a little conversation about why you need to be auditing your freight bills in a volatile market. Jonathan, thanks for joining us today. It's so great to be on the show. I love you. Oh, wow. Jonathan, we love you, too. We appreciate that. I love Dooner um, as well. Jonathan, oh, wait, hold on one sec. We do have Grant back, and we have those three important questions. Do you mind just hanging out for one more second? Very cool. Okay, let's just bring Grant up quick so we can let him get on his way. Grant, Grant, we have a couple more questions for you here, and then we'll let you get you to Matt's and kill it. One of them is, have you used a truck stop shower yet? I have not. Lucky man. Okay, oh, I, I, got a, I got a question. I, I, <laughs> have, have okay. you, what is the secret to picking the perfect roller dog? You guys are working me over here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, Grant, here's one for you. I've here's been here here. two days. Grant, here's one that's <laughs> at your here's one that's at your pay grade. How are you going to take what you learn from this ride along and apply it at Convoy? Great question. So, first and foremost, a lot of what I'm doing right now is com I'm communicating back everything that I'm learning to my team back at Convoy, and we're going to share this out. All it's all being shared out with my whole company real time right now. And we're going to take these recordings and all of the things that we're doing, and we're going to build training and understanding and, uh, out of them so that more of my company can understand what exactly uh, is going on for our carriers and how we can help them better. So like, this is, this is just a huge opportunity for most of Convoy to level up their knowledge about how trucking really works. Wow, that's a brilliant idea. Applaud yeah. the effort, my friend. Grant, we'll let you stay on the road and, and focus on that, but I know you're going to see Ingrid Brown over there, so say hi to her for me and, of course, the entire freight and trucking community at Matt's. I, was, I wish I was there with you guys. Will do. Great seeing you guys. No, right take, on. Take it back. All right, Jonathan, one more time. Jonathan, Vice President of Sales at Acutive Solutions. You can tell us you love us again if you like, Jonathan. We, we don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys, thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for letting me tell you a little bit about Acuitive. Yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself first. So just introduce yourself, Jonathan, to our lovely audience here. Well, I'm, a, I'm an Army vet, and um, uh, after I got out of the, the service, I had no idea what I was going to do with myself, so that's how I ended up in sales. <laughs> um, and uh, I've been working in the procurement logistics solution space for 20 years, and I was really fortunate to... Uh, get an opportunity to come to this, uh, this company called Acutive Solutions. Yeah, when I first read your name, Jonathan, I was wondering why they forgot his last name. Isn't that like your nickname, Jonathan Wildman? I have not lived up to, I have not lived up to it, <laughs> frankly. <laughs> hey, can you tell us a little bit about Acutive Solutions? Tell us a little bit about it. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, you know, I, I'll, Acutive Solutions is, is a very cool, privately held, uh, 20 years young logistics software company uh, headquartered in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, you know, I think our, our logo, uh, you probably can't see it, um, says it all. Um, uh, it's an origami, uh, not a gummy bear, Dooner. Sorry. You know, um, you know, origami, you know, you, you transform a flat square sheet of paper into a uh, delightful work of art. Well, you know, goodness, that that's what our software and our amazing people do with the difficult uh, customer problems on so uh, everything from optimizing uh, air freight routing to uh, helping retailers uh, save big on the shipment of their product samples to kind of what I wanted to focus on today is making sure shippers only pay what they agreed to pay for their ocean, air and drayage freight. 
Oh, wow. So, Jonathan, I used to work at a 4PL, and we would do billing audits. And we would very often <laughs> find discrepancies. But oh, the, yeah. the more volatile the market was, the more freight volume that was happening, the more invoices there were, the more discrepancies th there were. And it, it seemed like the more the volume went, the more errors you would find, too. And it, it wouldn't really keep pace with, like, one-for-one kind of kind of thing. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. How important yeah. is it right now to be looking at your invoices for all these issues that can be slipping through? Oh, great question. And bless your heart, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No surprises here. Um, 2021 was totally out of control. Um, the freight billing, there really was a freight billing mess. It's still going on. Um, was really caused by the fact that, you know, in a COVID virtual office world, um, manual back office processes simply couldn't keep up with how fast rates and fees and everything else uh, was changing. Um, uh, share a little data here with you. You know, so for example, the the, the average percentage uh, of ocean carrier invoices uh, with missing or wrong information um, in 2021 jumped up from a historical average of around 18 percent uh, to over 45 percent. Um, meaning, for every hundred invoices, uh, 45 of those uh, would just simply fail. Uh, to cleanly re-rate and compare with what the shipper uh, had agreed to pay. Now, even when the carriers corrected uh, the missing uh, and wrong data, um, still over half of those invoices are a little over 27% on average of, of all invoices uh, were still wrong in terms of having the correct dollar amount. So we definitely felt like the guy with uh, the broom behind the elephants in 2021. <laughs> Um, wow. I will say, I, I will say that you know we're now seeing uh, the number of data discrepant uh, ocean and drayage invoices uh, trending back down, um, but it, it's still well well north of thirty uh, percent. Wow, that's amazing. So there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of companies that do the audit and payments, right? What sets you guys apart? What what is Acuities? What's your secret sauce? Well, we're specialists. Um, we specialize just in the ocean, air, and drayage, uh, transload, uh, the stuff, uh, basically international uh, freight. Um, our, really, our patented software and expert auditors um, are just focused on, on the hard stuff. So I like to think of freight invoice audit like uh, looking at a sandwich uh, to make sure you got what you ordered. Um, Parcel is a cheese sandwich, so that's pretty easy. Um, <laughs> over the road, um, <laughs> over the road, it's more like a hamburger, right? You got to lift the bun and check the fixings. But now, ocean and drayage, on the other hand, um, uh, is is a taco wrapped in a burrito wrapped in a chalupa. <laughs> so, the, the the inherent complexity of these these freight bills make it a, a lot harder to determine whether or not you're paying what you agreed to pay. <laughs> okay, well, like that complexity <laughs> and that, that, those metaphors you were making were, were interesting. So how are you guys uniquely able to handle it? Well, hey, this is a fun show, so I hope you don't mind me going off. Oh, no, uh, going I love it. Here, no. <laughs> you know, hey, um, you know, Ocean and Dre invoices, they don't exist in a vacuum. So, you know, for every invoice, there should be a shipping manifest. And for every manifest, there should be an invoice. Um in fact, and I, I worked for an international freight auditor um, uh, prior to coming to Acuitive, um, most freight auditors don't know that the correct way to audit ocean and drayage, for example, is you don't begin, you don't start with the audit. Um, you know, as I alluded to earlier, uh, it really begins with validation of the shipping manifest and the invoice data because it can look correct, right? I mean, if the structure of the invoice is is wrong, it, it can look correct and still be wrong. So if it's if if it's the number of containers, uh, if it's the wrong number of containers, the wrong size containers, East Coast versus West Coast, um, incorrect routing options, it, it can all look right and still be wrong. So our patent approach takes a copy of that shipping manifest and it creates a placeholder for each and every invoice. Um, so the, the very first thing is you got you get everything matched up, the container numbers, the sizes, the quantities, the location codes, ship date, ETA, I'm, I'm telling you more than, than I'm sure the audience wants to know. But everything should match all the way down to the check digits on the containers. And you can't do that manually. you got to have an automated process to do it. You've got to have 
uh, an automated placeholder function, for example, to catch all those duplicate invoices and unanticipated charges that that just pop up along the way. So um, our software automatically catches all the fall balls and our expert auditors are there to do the QA on the back end. So that's how we're able to do it to scale and to do it for the largest uh, largest importers and, and uh, ocean shippers. Yeah, excellent stuff, so, Jonathan. And I think the I think uh, the audience is interested in that because it is it just you know the question is is it just he said she said type of stuff, right? And and it's not. There's actual science behind this and checking these things out. A lot of people out there have a side gig going on where they're trying to make some money a little bit off of doing the payments of those invoices as well. What about Acuity? You guys do that? Well, no. I mean, our our position is, hey, uh, Mr. Shipper, it's your money. Um, we don't want to make money on the float. Um, we don't want to be, we don't have any, we want any part in delaying carrier payment and earning interest uh, on our customers' money. Um, our goal is to make those in, make sure those invoices are 100% correct. Um, if they're un, under overbilled, we, we fix it. If they're underbilled, we fix it. And so the, the customer has the confidence that whatever they pay um, is is absolutely correct, and we do what we do because we're highly automated. Um, we're doing well in advance of the payment terms uh, that uh, the shipper has negotiated with with his partners, with her partners. So, um, you know, for the sake of the relationship uh, with the carriers, uh, and carriers do love us because they know they're going to get paid on time and get paid accurately. Um, we just we have made the, the choice not to get into the payment side of the business, which is what most, most providers are, are doing. Wow. Well, really cool stuff, Jonathan. Um, you know, you said this is a fun show, so I think you might want to take a trip around our Wheel of Stupid Questions, would you not? <laughs> I love it. Thank right, you. Let, let me do the honors, sir. Please do. Let's see what we got. Right, here. Right. And I think origami, isn't those gummies right, from Oregon? It goes. Let's see where it lands. <laughs> Oh, I am going to send you. All right, this is dealer's choice. This is dealer's choice. So I'm going to. Here you go, sir. All this right. is dealer's choice. So I'm going to go. I'm going to tie this into Grant's previous segment. Whoa. You are going over the road to Matt's. You're driving three days in a truck. Would you rather be stuck with someone who is really into cryptocurrency and never shuts up about that, or someone who's really into politics and never shuts up about that? Wow. <laughs> oh my God, I want the dog. The dog, yes, yes, perfect answer. The dogs have it. <laughs> well, if any of the if any of the dogs and dogettes and anybody else listening needs to have their freight bills audit, and I guarantee that you do, where should I send them to? Well, please visit us at acutivesolutions.com or you can email me at Jonathan. I should change that to wildman at acutivesolutions.com, but <laughs> Jonathan at acutivesolutions.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jonathan. Take care, buddy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, guys. Bless you. And thank you for your service as well. Thanks. Bless you, thank too. You. What awesome would you, which, which one would you pick? Over the road? Dog. Crypto bro? No. <laughs> you, I'm making you answer for real. You either got the crypto bro or you got someone who just will not shut up about politics. I think crypto bro. I'm, I'm not going to get in a fight, fist fight over crypto bro, but eventually yeah. somebody's going to piss me off about politics. Yeah, especially <laughs> if they're like really extreme on one side yeah, or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, yeah. all right, I get it. Yeah, they, and, even, and really if they agree anything. with me, then it's like, okay, shut up about it. If yeah. we agree, I don't want to hear about and it. And then you'd be like, oh, what are some like meme coins and stuff Yeah, the crypto bro? You might actually learn Crypto bro. Crypto bro, I'm going. I'm going crypto bro too. All right, Matt Lake, VP of Growth and Strategy over at Ox is here with us now. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing? How are you doing? Where are you sitting right now? What part of the what part of America are you sitting down in? Yeah, so so Ox is based out of uh, Bentonville, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, um, which I think you guys will be having a presence in in May. Yeah, I, I will. So, are you local to that area? Yeah, I, I live in Rogers, um, just just down the street from. Uh, from the convention center where they're going to have the, the future supply chain in May. Oh, nice. Well, so aside from the, the, the greatest event in freight, what else is there to do around there for some of our listeners who are considering going? And Northwest Arkansas is a gem. Uh, you know, it, it has uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, just down the road, uh, University of Arkansas there, which is the number one supply chain uh, program in, the, in America, by the way. Yeah. And it, it if you're going before or after the show, uh, there's a lot of actually great fly fishing places just mm, outside. Yeah. It's a really big outdoors place where you can go kayaking and, and hiking and things like that. And Benville, a lot of people don't know this, but it's actually the number one mountain biking capital of the world. Uh, there's more mountain bike trails there than uh, just about anywhere else in, in the in the area. So. 
Wow. Big, 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 big back to nature element over here in yeah. Northwest Arkansas. Those of you, what is it, May Love 9th it. to 10th? Go get your tickets. See us all yeah, get them at now. this event. 12 Good time. You are one of the companies that is, there you go, 12 You get on there, March Madness. As long as March Madness is running, I think yeah, so is the special. Go to, uh, what, live.freightwaves.com. Click on the future supply chain. You'll be good. And you're going to be one of the companies there. And that's why we wanted to talk to you. Because we want to meet some of these, uh, these, these newer companies that are going to be there. So tell us a little bit. What's Ox? Exactly. Yeah. So, so Ox is a software uh, platform for fulfillment automation and, and really supply chain automation. We do, we do, um, we, we leverage technology using wearable technology and provide uh, pick walk optimization as well as uh, decision sciences. Uh, we leverage machine learning and augmented reality and artificial intelligence, all the cutting edge technology to make uh augment and, and amplify the uh, the labor force. Yeah, so how, how does that work with uh, automating uh, the pick and pack in, in e-commerce? How does that how does that interact? What goes into that? Yeah, so, you know, whether it's a trucking industry or in a 3PL in a warehouse, I think, you know, labor is the number one challenge right now. It's on everybody's mind. Yeah. And what we're doing is we're layering on technology um, using directed work and reducing decision fatigue. So we're, we're using our technology um, with different wearable hardware and directing uh, frontline associates on what to pick next, where to go next, uh, how to prioritize their work and, and uh, move through their, their workflows in a more efficient manner. So how does the augmented reality work? Are people running around warehouses playing Pokemon Go? How is it? A, like, <laughs> I've had, like, the apps on my phone, and they're okay, but they're super novel, right? Like, oh, I can put a flame on the Burger King sign. Like, how many times are you going to do that? But how is this used in a real-world application that, that actually enhances the business process? Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll take a step back and, and talk about the origin story of Ox. So our, our founder, True Thomas, is actually a Forbes 30 under 30, just uh, a brilliant young woman uh, out of Georgia Tech, and she was doing an internship for a, a North American food supplier company. And as she was kind of going through that that fulfillment space and doing these manual tasks of picking, packing, and shipping uh, for uh, a large QSR, a large global QSR, you know, it, it was that kind of cheesy. There's got to be a better way. Moment, right? I'm I'm on my feet for ten hours a day, walking through a warehouse. Um, wayfinding, trying to find different items and, and put them into a package. She then went back and connected with uh, one of her advisors, her technical advisors in the engineering, uh, Thad Starner, who actually happens to be the, the founder of Google Glass, right? The father mm. of augmented reality. And, you know, she's carrying this big bulky hand scanner and she's losing it and, and different people are, are dropping them and breaking them. And um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of context switching as you're kind of looking at this programmable scanner and then you're looking back up at the rack and then you're putting something down and then you're having to use two hands to take big and bulky items and put them on a case or a pallet. And, you know, she started connecting the dots and said, you know, can we make a hands-free experience that leverages the augmented reality to give you instruction and tell you what to do, where to go um, and your next step and move you quickly through, um, through your workflows. So yeah, that's incredibly interesting. So so, what is the wearable technology? Is it glasses? What what is it? Yeah, so you know we're a software company at heart, and we leverage different um, wearable hardware technologies to to make jobs easier and let people move hands free. Um, but yeah, we we do have a, a partnership with a hardware company that has a, an augmented reality glasses is is one of our products. Um, so what what you would see is it would look just look like someone either a hat mount like the one I'm wearing right now you can attach it to your your ball cap and then mm -hmm. it, it a little bitty screen just in the um, kind of the corner of your eye to where you can kind of see that that picture in picture so to speak. Oh, like a little monocle, right? Like you put it up or like maybe like a visor you could flip down. I don't know. I'm trying no, to. No, no, that's that's right. So it's it's optimizing your next moves and and your whole workflow and then when you look at something it automatically scans it so you just go about your work and it's picking up everything you're doing. Exactly. Where to go, Very what to cool. do, step, how many to pick, and then it, it lets you interact um, through through a voice technology as well. Now, Matt, let me ask you something. So you, you're an engineer, right, at heart? I was looking in, in your background here. I think you even, uh, as your senior project, you even made a golf club or designed a golf club, uh, part of a golf club for, for Nike. But what oh, made nice. me really curious about it, as, as an engineer, how do you approach problem solving in logistics? Yeah, so, yeah, let's take the, the Nike golf example. So, 
you know, we all have different levels of, of skill in, in golf. I don't know how your, your uh, handicap is over there, but I think we can all uh, say that we, we'd be better golfers with better tools, right? More advanced clubs, technology, et cetera. And that's what Ox does. It, it takes human manual work and takes what they're doing and, and just lets them leverage the latest and greatest technology to make them more impactful and let them go through their job at a, at a faster pace. So it's given people better golf clubs, so to speak. Yeah, that's a that's a great analogy. There. So, what what is what is what what's the hardest problem you guys have have had to solve as you've been developing this this software? I think it comes back to labor um, in, in a lot of things we do in directed work. So, you know, the turnover and the attrition um, through in some of the warehouses again because it's a very challenging job is is over a hundred percent. And when someone gets a new person in, there's an on ramping, there's a learning curve, etc. And the problem that we've solved at Ox is we're able to bring in our technology and our directed work, and we get people up to from a, a ground level understanding of what they're asked to do to a multi-year experienced associate within 15 minutes. So I think the, the onboarding um, through our technology and getting people up to speed to where they're productively moving throughout their job is groundbreaking, and, and we're very pleased to have solved that. Matt, I think everyone would probably agree that that e-commerce has a lot of runway, and it's already it's already you know exploded over the past two yeah. years. Pandemic fueled explosion; it's only growing even more, especially as the pandemic converted a lot of people to online shoppers. But how important is it as as this scales up and these issues start compounding to remove manual processes from the e-commerce uh, logistics side? Well, yeah, it's essential, and I was actually talking about this—the irony of uh, supply chain right now. So. You know, everybody's pushing towards automation. I think they've they've pushed put it on the back burner for a lot of years, depending on which 3PL you are or um, or e-commerce distribution facility. And it was a nice to have one day, and now it's essential. Everybody's trying to figure out innovation, automation again. The labor is pushing on them, and and they're getting um, you know the expectations of the consumer are driving higher and higher productivity requirements. So they can either look at robotics and um, and like full on automation where you're spending millions of dollars uh, and it takes you know one to two years to build out and, and build in that process. Um, but what Ox does is it takes your established workforce and it layers on technology to make them more impactful. So you get a really quick ROI. It's weeks, not months, not years. And it's a lower cost or lower barrier of entry. So in today's dynamic market, you know, who knows what the world's going to look like in two years by the time you have a full on robotic system. And that's where kind of Ox lets you do something and take action to leverage technology and automation without going and waiting, you know, on a two year plan. Yeah, so, uh, Matt, I'm interested in, in what you see the future of, of e-commerce becoming. Where, where does it where does it move from here? You mentioned a lot of different things and many of them sound like some hurdles as it, as it, as it grows when we change over to complete robotics, where do you see it moving in the future? Yeah, I, I think, you know, the limitation of robotics is you have a, a certain, uh, you know, uh, use case that, that you can do and it, it's repetitive motion. It's, it's certain sizes of products or, or, um, within an automated chain where humans come in is they can make decisions. They can be flexible. They can go to different jobs and I think the, the future is still with Ox, where you're layering on technology and letting humans have that agility and flexibility, but just augmenting and, and making them more impactful. You know, what, when we talk to a lot of our customers to really paint a picture, we kind of put on the screen Tony Stark's Iron Man, right, to where it's, it's a traditional human that wants to provide a service to the world. And they're just layering on technology to make them more impactful and more powerful in what they do. You know, agility is a good word there, too, because humans have a great advantage over robots. I don't know if sure. you've seen robots. They're not the most agile things, despite not some currently. of those uh, commercials you see where they're dancing. Those are highly edited, Michael Vincent, those, those commercials. Real robots <laughs> walking around. I mean, they're getting, they're getting much better, right? But, like, we still kick their ass in terms of hands, in terms of being able to move our knees, in terms of being able to move around a warehouse location. So, you know, a lot of companies we're seeing are trying to work with humans, not completely replace them with robotics. They're just trying to insist enable and empower the process quicker. Is that where you see the future? I don't think it's going to be completely robots. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think there's a there's a play um, where robots and humans work together for quite some time. You know, we have a use case where it's uh, pick to AMR and 
So autonomous mobile robots where they're following around the human um, who's taking different, you know, things where they need two hands and lifting big bags of dog food, right? 50 pound bags of dog food. And they can have multiple robots following them around versus a, a pallet jack or dual pallet jack, et cetera. And they can kind of direct the work. And we, we integrate actually with robots um, to provide that orchestration of human direction and robotics direction. And, and it's a really cool thing to see and just um, makes them more impactful to where they can get a lot more work done in a day. Yeah. So, Matt, one of the things that comes to, to my mind is we're talking about this as a human working alongside a robot and you had the PICTA AMR, right? I believe I got those that, that acronym right, uh, mm-hmm. AMR. Is, is, is some of this uh, and, and where we're at night, right now not uh, constrained by our, our view of what a robot should be and it, that it should mimic a human? I mean, you're, you talk about picking up dog food and moving it, right? Isn't the storage and some of that stuff you need to think outside the box to improve the ability of the automation and those robotics and, and your software? Yeah, and I think there's, um, you know, there's a foundational level of, of what the current environment looks like. Are you building mm-hmm. a brand new facility or are you trying to layer in technology into an established, like, you know, multi-million square foot facility that you've had for 30 years, right? Right. It, it should be set up for that automation and you're trying to, to blend in new technology in, in an old facility. Matt, how crucial is uh, shared language is going to be in integration? So, you know, we have all these different robots and software companies developing all this stuff from the warehouse, but it's not like you all are collaborating, or, or maybe you are. But is this all going to come to a head where everybody does have to come to a consensus? Yeah, there, you know, there's an ecosystem effect there. That's, that's a great question. And, and we have different partners that, that help us support integrations. Um, and, and, you know, you have the WMS talking to Ox, talking to robotics, talking to uh, the different uh, human interactions that we're trying to accomplish. So, and it also depends on, you know, we, we talk a lot about the fulfillment space, but, um, you know, a little closer to some of your audiences receiving re- replenishment um, and, and leveraging those different use cases, D-Box, uh, pick modules, et cetera. So we play in those spaces as well. And it's really anything where a manual task is needed and then there's repetitive nature. And when we look at the future of, supply chain, it's not that much different than the future of work in general. There are best practices that people have been doing their jobs for multiple years have just found through trial and error and tribal knowledge. And we kind of cut through that learning period. And through machine learning, we, we really accelerate that and, and get to the best practice at the start so that when someone shows up day one, they're already working at that experience level of, of a multi-year associate. All right, Matt, now you picture yourself in a boat down a river. No, picture yourself in a semi-truck, three days in a semi-truck, you're doing a ride-along. Would you rather be stuck with a crypto bro or someone who is obsessed with politics? Oh, we lost him. Uh-oh, we lost his audio. Is that, is that by design production? <laughs> He's oh, back now. Go. Wait, what was the answer? He's faking it. Can you hear me now? We yeah. do now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I would say crypto bro just because, you know, I agree with the dude. Politics just, you know, eventually you're going to get to a positive <laughs> disagreement yeah. uh crypto bro I, I don't know that much about crypto I, I you know um maybe i can learn something but yeah again with the meme names and dogecoin and and all those fun things it's always <laughs> I, I was gonna ask him how you call the ox we know how to call the hogs oh how do you call an ox? what noise does an ox make yeah we have the we have the ox here um you know i, I don't know what an ox makes i, I would put it um yeah, I don't know. Move. Well, Matt, we'll be working on that when we when we see you in Northwest <laughs> Arkansas, May 9th to 10th. But in the meantime, how do people connect with you? Yeah, so, you know, we're actually going to be at two different shows next week. We'd love to connect face-to-face. We'll be in Modex at Atlanta. Um, we'll have a booth there. And um, we, can also, we can also touch base in Las Vegas. I'll be there personally with our CEO and Shop Talk. It's more retail-centric. Um, next week in Las Vegas, www.getox.com. I'm Matt at getox.com as an email. I would love to connect with anybody as a follow-up. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you so much. Take care, Matt. See you guys. Good stuff. This is the last show I was at, Modex. Really? Oh, they're they're dialing out. Oh, so Jessica's going to come up next. They're dialing out to Jessica now. We're going to have a great conversation with her about about driver relationships. And she knows some really cool drivers with some awesome awesome trucks. Let's bring her up right now. Here she is. Reason for your call. Jessica. I'm happy to get back with you. Uh-oh. Jessica? Oh, okay. Oh, that's her <laughs> voicemail. Okay, never mind. That's Jessica's voicemail. Should we leave her a message? We'll leave her, we can leave her, her ad read as a message. 
Yeah. You got to do that. Yeah, anyway. let's do it right now. Did you know that Forbes just named AIT Worldwide Logistics as one of America's best midsize employers for 2022? In fact, AIT is the number one employer in the transportation and logistics category. Boost your job satisfaction, regain a sense of purpose, and open your career opportunities with one of the fastest growing organizations in the industry. Visit the career section at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com to learn more and apply today. Right Let's after. take a look at some of Jessica's trucks here while they uh, resolve oh, yeah, these yeah. issues with her. She's got a no Jessica international. All right, let's go inside the newsletter first while they try and get Jessica, I guess. Then we'll talk about these trucks. Sorry, folks. A lot of gremlins in the system today. Inside the newsletter. You've got mail. All right, where do you start off? Oh, oh, this was awful yesterday. All right, let's take a look at this video here, this tornado. Oh. Dude, holy Wow. That's insane, dude. Look at that thing. The cone is massive. What, what is, what's the dolphin doing in his car with him? Well, I think, I think the man had a very, uh, <laughs> a very understandable reaction. Here's another one, too. Wow. Look at this. This was in Elgin, Texas. What you're watching here is the Chevy, Chevy Silverado. He's on the oh, left yeah, yeah, side yeah. of the screen, and it's getting tossed around by the wind here. Eventually, the wind writes this truck back up, and guess what he does? He just drives right the heck off. He does. He just drives off. Look at him. So <laughs> that's amazing to see. Nola. Okay, stop that. Stop that noise. Please stop that noise. Thank wow. you. Yeah, that Nola.com reports at least two tornadoes ripped through Metro New Orleans late Tuesday. The hardest hit area so far appears to be in Arabia in St. Bernard Parish, but damage surveys are ongoing. One of the people injured was a girl in a wheelchair. She was rescued from a house. That get this, the tornado picked it up, Wizard of the Oz, Wizard of Oz style. Right. Flew it down the block, and then she landed down the street. Fortunately, she was only injured. In fact, when you look at all of the activity that's happening between Texas and New Orleans, fortunately, only one death has been reported so far. Amazing. It is amazing, and thank God that's all that uh, has happened. That dude in that truck, holy mackerel, right? Jeez, and flying around in your car, I don't know which, which would be, or flying around in your, in your house, I don't know which would be uh, a more harrowing of an experience. <laughs> oh, look, we got, we got Jess now, too. We'll finish oh, up this section. Right, cool. Let's bring Jess up. I want to talk about these trucks. She's got some really, really cool ones. It's Jessica Cardinal, Director of Operations at Brilliant Logistics. Jessica, thanks for joining us today. Jessica, thanks for joining us today. Okay, <laughs> never mind. Let's go back to Inside the Newsletter. Okay, here we go. All right, Sherry Silverado, what do we got next in here? That. Rates, look at let's see what we got. Put a sonar chart. There we go. Let's entertain the people Jeez. with sonar charts. <laughs> here we go. What do we got? So, look at this slope, Michael Vincent. What has happened here? So... 2022, it looked like we were off to a good start, right? Seasonality wasn't there. Climbing all the way up, then mid-January hits, and ever since, it's been a downhill black diamond ski slope. And for rates, right? These are spot rates, right? Van van spot rates is what we're looking at right there. Yeah, they're they're coming down. I mean, it depends on whose uh, side of the coin you're looking at, but coming down. 342 is nothing to sneeze at, though. It's still pretty high. It's pretty high. But, and, you know, yeah. each each week we've been talking about these dips, and it's yeah. been like, well, that's 95 cents higher than it was at this. And now it's yeah. 50 cents higher. Well, now yeah. this week it's only 20 cents higher than it was a year ago. When you counter in inflation... And gas, I mean, I don't necessarily know if that rate is as great as it looks. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% because a lot of that's going into the spot market and you're talking about a lot of OOs that don't have uh, fuel surcharge as well, right? So a lot of that stuff is uh, being paid out in, in fuel. What it does to me is shows me that the weakening of or the softening, I guess, of the volumes is, is gone past the fact that contract rates are so high that there's less rejection because the contract carriers are accepting more loads. It's gone past that into there is more, more capacity and there is weakening number of loads that are going out there when you start to see this start to come down because there's obviously uh, less loads out there for the number of, of spot trucks that are out there. Okay, so I get that. And I think anyone who looks in Sonar, they, get, they look at the volume. They look yeah. at the, you know, you look at your three keys, which are the, the volume, the rejects, and the rates, right? Yes, yes sir. Why are the contract rates going up, though, while the spot rates are going down? A straight line up has been contract rates are up to like 297 now. You know, I was talking to uh, Tony Mulvey about that on uh, on the spot on, on Freightways Now this morning, uh, er, earlier. And, you know, there's different theories ab about that. And one of them just is is the fact that, you know, shippers get uh, used to what is going on now. And there's still a lot of difficulty in getting your goods moved. And there's a lot of urgency still in those larger shippers to get things moved because of the backlogs that have happened. And you've still got customer expectations that once it hits the port, 
it in, in the duck, it's got to move, and so there's still pressure for that stuff to move there, and I think that's that's part of it. Plus, you're just now seeing those rates go into effect that were negotiated two months ago, three months mm. ago, right? So, so you got to wait for cycles to catch up. It always lags. So we've been, we've been in that capacity crunch, and I guess that would make sense with the contracts. You have more yeah. shippers who are willing to come to the table. They want these contract rates. They want to know they have secured sure. capacity. And they negotiated them three months ago, and now they're becoming effective. And those same ones, maybe they used to be in the spot market, so not as much demand there. And exactly. hence, there you go. There you go. Does it always – so we, you've looked at Sonar more than I have. Does it, you, do they usually work in lockstep? Do they go in counter directions, contract to spot? How, does that, how do you usually see that happening? It, it, it's a lagging, right? So sometimes yeah. they're going counter to each other and sometimes they're going with each other and sometimes they're counterintuitive, <laughs> right? Exactly. It just depends on what that, what that mood is. What I'm watching right now is the effect of the, uh, the spot markets on the volumes that are out there right now because at some point when spot market starts to drop below that contracted rate, you'll see a phenomenon where uh, shippers will actually uh, jump out of their um, – uh, routing guides or intentional waterfall effect, if you will, where they'll they'll go right to spot instead of going into their contract, and you'll start to see contracted volume and contracted rejections start to drop or flatten, even in a volatile market, which You're is an interesting concept, but it happens. So where do you where do you see it going from here? Is that line going to go down a, a, a yes. little bit longer? Yeah, I think so. It, to the summer, I, I think, you think. I think the question is the is the is the the length. And right now, I'm looking towards uh, people like Anthony Smith and the economic indicators that we have in Sonar to try and figure that stuff out. I'm no economist, so yeah. I have to lean a lot more on Anthony and have a, an economist and have a discussion about freight, which I know, and yeah. trucking, and economy, which he knows, and try and figure that try and figure that out where that direction is. But right now, all signs point to a an economy that is you know. It's weakening, and who knows how fast it's going to go. Yeah, and look, I don't want to bring fear factor in, but I no, think that this is kind either. of a this is a come to Jesus moment for yeah. some of the carriers out there, especially sure. those owner operators who jumped out of the megas. They got yeah. their own authority. They started running for themselves in a very high spot market, right? Sure. You can't really budget that. You're making three seventy five a mile at the moment. Don't 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 be doing that. We don't know what's going to happen with gas. We don't know what's going to happen with these these rates. It does seem like they're going to fall. It can be. I, I think it seems like there's a little bit of a challenging road ahead. There's a challenging road ahead, and we talked about this before, uh, uh, Dooner. You, you remember uh, back when we were talking about the argument of what is the recovery going to look like after corona? And it was like two two years ago. We, we, three months into it, we were talking about what's the recovery going to look like, a swish? Yeah. <laughs> now we're starting to see that W in the bumps. We're finally getting through the post where I think we're getting to the post, and now we're seeing those bumps and some of those effects that we never thought were going to happen. Like, you got OOs out there, like you said, that came into the business because the rates were high, and now they're starting to go down and fuel's going up. Well, a lot of those guys are holding notes on trucks that they paid twice as much as what they were really worth. I know. That's another huge issue we got to talk about here. <sighs> it, it, Do we have a dropout of capacity even in a weakening uh, freight market that makes things worse and rejections and rates go back up because of failure? I mean, 2019, I, I was, 2019 was a bloodbath, and we haven't had nearly as many bankruptcies since then. No. Especially major ones. Yeah. However. <laughs> however. However. Look at the conditions in the market right now. You bring up a great point about how exposed people are on trucks. Seems if you're like very exposed in the spot market, a piece of advice I can give you, though, is look at those contract rates. There's obviously demand out there. Yes. Go form some of those relationships. Don't yell at every single broker or shipper who offers you these dwindling rates. Don't take them. You don't have to move them. But don't ruin any relationships here. Uh, the market is shifting, and just be aware of that. Yeah, no, to, now's the time to get the relations, and you be the solution. You be the go-to person uh, to don't be the pain in the ass that's that's yelling and screaming about stuff, right? I mean, everybody deserves to be treated fairly and stuff like that. But you're exactly right. Get those relationships moving. Let's take a look at this carpet over here. Oh, so sweet. I if love you've ever been carpet. to a logistics conference, you've seen this carpet over here before. That's it's my a, living room. Isn't that my living room? It's Where'd a combination. Of, it's a disorienting combination of oranges and reds and, and, and tans. And, and so coffee on. stains. Now, yeah, it, well, it seems that like the obvious reason that conferences would use ugly carpets, right, would be yeah. to mask stains. That's my first thing that comes to my mind. I, that's what I thought too, but I wanted to go deeper on this, so I had so I, I put a post up and I was asking, like, why are they like that? I also did some research on my own, but the first people I asked was the LinkedIn community. Here's a few from that. Mary Conway, she's uh, from Coyote Logistics. She said to camouflage the tear stains cried by all logistics professionals. That awesome. is a great answer. Scott Lane, he is from Beaver Street Fisheries. He says to be able to follow your way back to your room 
after a night at the bar, follow now the that, yellow brick road. There are yellow brick roads around the casinos that will lead you to anywhere except your room. But if you just follow that carpet, <laughs> you'll end up in a sea of, of exhibit hall or casino oh, yeah, tables. Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Joshua Breeze from Freight Vani said, I can always smell it. Yeah, if you could scratch and sniff your screen with the oh, smell of vision, there you go. Brendan Sargas says, better question. Why does the carpet at conferences and airports make you walk faster? And Priyanka says, just in case you forget where you are, it's a reminder you're in an exhibit hall. Apparently, there's a few psychological reasons, too. Apparently, by making it that ugly, it averts your eyes from the ground, and you look up. So in an exhibit hall or a casino, it makes you want to look up. I get it. I get it. That that absolutely makes sense. I walk faster in airports and casinos because I don't want my, my, my feet to stick to the ground. Yeah. There, there's some psychology, too, in this. You can read the whole thing. We got into the psychology and all of it in the Weather Truck Newsletter. It comes out every Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Go to FreightWaves.com slash WTT to get it. And I believe Jessica's here, so let's go to her before we run out of time. Hey. Jessica, thank hey. you for jumping in now. Hey, finally, a little bit of technical difficulties this morning. <laughs> How is life over there? Where, where are you right now? Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. What do you think about that trade, though, for yeah. Deshaun? You guys gave up the farm. Three number ones, a, some number twos, a, a fourth-round yeah. pick. I don't know. I know. I'm a Baker Mayfield fan, so losing him, I hope, does not happen. I really, really love Baker Mayfield. He's brought Cleveland back to life. It really has. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little energy. He gives you a little a little spirit. Well, Jessica, one of the reasons one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is you have a great relationship with drivers, and this is really important in this market. In fact, you know some really cool trucks. But we'll look at those trucks in a second. But first, tell us a little bit about the importance of forming a relationship with drivers, especially at a uh, a three PL or similar. Well, um, it's very important. Uh, I worked for a place that used to yell at me. The boss would always complain and pretty much the B word at me because I was always talking to my drivers. I wanted to know where they were, what they're doing, what kind of truck they have. Anybody that takes a load for me, I want to talk to whoever's driving on the other end. So I make sure that it, you know, that they're a good person, a people person, they'll match up because they're dealing with my customers and your customer relationship is just as important as your driver relationship. I have some great guys I could call in the middle of the night in a bind that would hop up, get dressed, and run a load for me any day of the week. And it's it's a blessing to have that. I got a new cell phone, and I was being teased because I had 5,000 contacts in my cell phone. And most of them are drivers. <laughs> well, why do they tease you? They're just like, oh, you know the whole entire world in that, in that black book over there? Well, because there's somebody for everything. Um, if you need... A flatbed load ran or a hot shot ran or, um, you know, Buchanan Holland and Reagan called me one time. They needed 13 axles on the ground. I've got a team of heavy haul Russians that are great guys and they'll do it. A dollar per axle on the ground per mile. Um, there's, I know somebody for everything and I help people every day of the week. Um, kindness is free, and I sprinkle that shit everywhere. <laughs> Aha, I love it. You sprinkle that shit everywhere. You know, I, awesome. I want to book a load with her just so some of these trucks that she knows shows up. Let's show some pictures here. We got uh, we got this. That's a Green Goblin Maximum Overdrive oh, yeah. truck right there. How do you know the yeah. trucks that are rolling Nate in these? Lawrence. Yeah, that is Nate Lawrence. He is a great guy, very humble. Um, he actually built that truck, him and his son, as a project. They love the movie Maximum Overdrive. Um, you ever seen the movie Jeepers Creepers, that scary truck in that movie? Same guy that owns this truck and built it, built that one as well. Oh, wow. wow. So is that legal running with that big face on the front of that truck? Oh, yeah, it is. It scares the holy hell out of people, too. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> now, so is that just yeah. a show truck, or, does, or is he, does he use that actively? Oh, he uses it. He uses it. He does shows. He does everything with it. It is a working show truck. Um, if you want him to come do... Um, an outing, he is for rent. He is for hire. He will do that as well. Um, Nate is a fabulous guy. And believe it or not, he throws business my way too. He'll call me and say, hey, my friend needs this moved. My friend needs that moved. Um, go, Can you go grab a non-op Peterbilt truck, uh, BFE, and bring it to uh, Oklahoma? <laughs> um, he throws me some wild stuff, man. He really does. You gotta He's a his, great, great guy. You got to get me his contact details because we're launching this this new site, Back the Truck Up, this new media thing. And uh, I don't know. I think rolling in on that thing to kick things off would be uh, would Oh, yeah. Be no, we got to talk to him. We absolutely so have to bad talk to him. Oh, yeah. He's done several have. things. Um, he's done a lot of stuff. He's uh, interviewed for quite a few things, and he's very much so a down-to-earth people person. Um, he's all in. He's all all game for it. He actually told me to give you all his info. Awesome. So, um, 
I think it would be great for you to go down there, to be quite honest, because he's a fabricator and he has a shop. Where's down there? Where's nothing he can't build? Uh, He's in Grove, Oklahoma. Oh, there you go. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Maybe we'll take a road oh, trip over there, Michael Vincent. So I, so I, we have another one here. The freight uh, Joker. Is this the same? Is this the same guy, or is this a different driver? Nope, that's John. John and his wife have a fetish for Batman and Joker. He dresses in costume. Um, he's a working show truck too. That's cool. Um, he's a great guy. Very funny. Um, you know, what, truckers move the world and knowing a bunch of them with great personalities and beautiful rides makes this job so much more fun. Okay. It really does. I have great relationships with so many great guys and gals too. I've got a woman that, you know, got lost 90 pounds, her and her husband go on the road. She now opened a nutrition shop. Um, having relationships that turn into lifelong friendships with people that haul for you, it's it's an ultimate feeling. It's like a natural high all in itself. It really is. It really is. Je- Jessica, I want to ask you something. You can give some advice to some people. Obviously, the importance of having these uh, these relationships. You've you've talked about that and alluded to that over and over again. You know, if you need this done, you need that done. You got people who jump out of bed and make that happen right now. So the competitive advantage is obvious. There's people out there that are, that are looking and watching this, going, "Man, I wish I could be that uh, personable and have these relationships." What is the key to communicating successfully with drivers and building those relationships? Honestly, I ask them what they want. (laughs) I say, what do you need to do this for me? What's realistic? We sit down and we talk about it. We talk about everything from football to what they had for dinner last night. If they're coming through Cleveland, they know, give me a holler. I'll meet up for drinks and dinner anytime. I need to know their bottom line, what they need per mile, what the fuel is going to run them. Um, If I can help them with a backhaul out of there, once they haul for me, they've got my back. I've got their back. Um, they can call me in the middle of the night. My load canceled. Jessica, can you help me? I will play dispatcher. I will hop right on them load boards if I don't have a customer with something. And I will find my guys something to move so they're not deadheading. Um, just talking to them like you would your customer. Your customer tells you what their overhead is, what they want, what they want moved from A to B. Um, your time frame, what they need to do it. It's the same thing with your drivers. Um, they're, I, my drivers make this job so much more entertaining and fun. Um, one of these days I'm going to go on the road trucking for a week or two with one of them. Just got to pick which one has the coolest truck and the best, uh, maybe <laughs> commodities or something that I like to I go, go ahead with the happy and, and toys. do that. Right, well, do she's going podcast. To, well, Jessica, you're stuck in a week. We've been asking everyone. This is our stupid question of the day. Would you rather be stuck for a week in a truck with someone who's really like a crypto bro, someone who's really into cryptocurrency or someone who just will not shut up about politics? Oh God. Um, None of the above. Can I get earplugs? <laughs> I, I thought it. she was going to say Baker I mean, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I'll take Baker. No. <laughs> crypto stuff. I mean, the invites on LinkedIn, the invites on Facebook. Um, I'm on the Alignable platform. I'm on every social media platform just because I recruit. I recruit good guys that drive for me. You've got to be pre-qualified. You could have the coolest truck in the world, but if your safety ratings or you're out of compliance – aren't flying well then you can't you know haul for me um just keyboard cats uh, about to play us off and i want to make sure you get your info out there so can you can you can you plug the company and how people can contact you really quick oh easy text or call my cell um 216-319-8344 google brilliant logistics llc out of cleveland ohio it shows every platform i'm on it shows ratings um, you can get me on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Alignable, through Google itself. Um, Jess, we love I'm it. Jess, person. Jess, unfortunately, Keyboard Cat is playing us off. We're out of time on the show today. Thank you for coming in, though. That was really valuable what you just showed us, and thanks for those cool trucks. We appreciate it. we got to get over to that joker. I'll, I'll contact you offline about connecting with uh, that driver. Take care, and God bless you. Sprinkle that, uh, what did you say? Sprinkle that kindness? Sprinkle that shit everywhere, people. That's right. Hey, peace and love. Find him, everywhere. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Dooner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger and tell him how to tell them how to. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere.